Can our clothes help tell the story about our brand? Earlier this week, I got some clients just because they said they stopped and paid attention because they loved my dress. That dress happened to be one that I chose specifically to represent my brand because it's something I love, I feel great in, plus the colors and the way it was designed very much fits my style, my way of doing things. This was a true story about how clothing can really help us attract our ideal customers. EJ John is a stylist who focuses working mainly with women in the menopausal or perimenopausal stage, women over 40, about how to help them feel more confident in their own style. She also has her own very distinct maximalist style, which we just talked about today. And I'd love you to join with me to hear what you can wear, what you shouldn't wear, and why it's okay for her to love leopard print and for me to never wear it. Okay. This is going to be good. I'm your host, Rachel Claver. This is Map It Marketing, and please come and listen. Oh, and before you do that, head over to Eventbrite. Go and search for Identify Marketing over there, and if you're in New Zealand, come and be part of one of our free content marketing workshops. They are so valuable to help your business, and I'd love to have you along. Right, let's get talking to Emma. Welcome. This is Map It Marketing, and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Hello and welcome to Rapid Marketing this week. EJ and I have both got our coffee, so we are coming in caffeinated to come and talk to you all about how personal style is going to help you with your marketing and your branding. I'm super excited. We also just took a quick, quick little photo of ourselves, and I've got to say, it is totally cute. Oh, um, <laughs> I even know when you're kind of in the moment where, I mean, I admit I take a lot of photos of my outfits and my clothes and things, but you never know when it's actually about to hit what you're actually going to get. So thank you. Yeah. Well, I guess like it helps that you're photogenic. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind. <laughs> and so are you. Well, I have to say, I've said this before in a podcast, photogenic, being photogenic is a curse. Because if you look better in photos than you do in real life, everyone is a little bit disappointed when they finally meet oh, you. Oh, no. I hope you don't get disappointed when you meet me. In real I life. won't. I won't at all. But I can tell you that people have been disappointed really? when they meet me. Yes, really? they physically said it to my face. Oh, you look much better in photos. Oh, that's awful. I know. <laughs> what an awful thing to say to someone. Well, I don't know, but it's a terrible thing. It's like thing. saying, "Oh, you're much, uh, you're much taller in in um, online." In the- or you're thinner in real life. Like that's always like, oh, "Oh, so you've been sitting there looking at my photos, thinking I'm fat." Yeah, that's, that's so nice. You know, or you look younger in real life, or whatever. Like it's just that's kind of um, oh, it's icky. I don't. That's, that gives me the ick. That gives me the ick. It, it gives me the act too. And now I um normally I just jump in and, and don't do that. We we just started chatting. But um EJ is a stylist and she is amazing. She started her business at 40, which I think is really inspiring. I think I started mine at 43. So I think that there's a tremendous power in yeah. those of us who find our space and our zone and then start stepping into it. And I still I don't know about you, EJ, but I feel like I'm still stepping into it. A hundred and fifty percent. I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah, and it's just, so I think that's kind of an amazing feeling. But 
Coming first, before we jump into our topic, tell us a bit about what you do. I am a trained personal stylist and um, I do what it says on the tin really, but I guess a lot of people don't know what a personal stylist does. Mm-hmm. My core um, passion is to work with midlife women who um, have been in the trenches and want to feel that spark of confidence again, want to feel creative. Oftentimes I've found with clients and with myself that I hit 40 and I was just getting into my stride. I thought I knew myself better. Um, My kids were that little bit older and less needing of me. And I found that I needed something in my life that was going to fulfill um, not only my life, but you know, help my family, show my kids that Mm. women can do anything. I have two boys um, and can do anything after 40. And I noticed around me that the women around me didn't necessarily feel that same confidence. And my confidence comes through comes through in my clothes and that's what I wanted to share and I've really built it from there so I work with um, clients to do wardrobe edits, uh, personal shopping, I also do that online and have different sort of online services to offer as well to help people discover what their style story is and really to help women feel more confident in what they're wearing, less stuck in a rut which I think is a very common attribute in, in our 40s and even, you know, late 30s and beyond. Um, and to really make sure that menopausal women um, feel that they're not invisible because mm. I'm an absolute champion of um, menopausal women. And it's interesting about menopausal things. I remember watching some of your content before, and one of the things that you talked about was making sure that your co- your clothing is breathable. Yeah. And it's something that I started after thinking about that. One of the things I find hard is finding stuff that fits my style mm. that's not a hundred percent polyester or doesn't have a lot of polyester in it. Yeah. If I want to, I've got to go quite expensive. Like, you know, I've got a dress I've just bought from Variety Hour, which is one of my favorites. And I bought it because I wanted to wear it presenting and it's cotton knit. So it's like super comfortable to wear and breathes. But often style, if you're on a budget and color or taking risks, it can be hard if you're menopausal and trying to have those breathable stuff. Would you say? Yeah, it can be. It can be. I think defining your style is the first place you probably Mm. need to start so that you know what you're looking for rather than walking into a shop and uh, taking potluck. I think that's the very worst place to shop. A, you're going to spend more money. B, you are going to probably be overwhelmed. Someone like me, Mm -hmm. I'm shopping, I don't get overwhelmed, but I know that my clients do and that's often why they use me. Um, And so defining your style, I think, helps you to understand what you're going to look for and then what you're going to ignore because there's so much out there that you can ignore. Um, And so defining your style helps you break down those, uh, I guess, barriers. Mm -hmm. And I guess there's a little bit of care and thought to go into what's the composition of the fabric. And I don't mean you have to, you know, make it um, a huge exercise, but even just looking at what it's made of tag Mm -hmm. is really helpful. I don't have 100% natural fibres. Me neither. I don't. No. And um, I have some polyester stuff that I know if I'm going to get hot, I don't layer too much. Um, Yes. And I have things like, you know, a personal uh, fan with me. (laughs) I've seen the fan. I think that's such a great (laughs) idea. I was going to bring it on screen and then I thought I better just make sure that I open it up so it looks like a fan. But Oh, yes, because... Um, everyone, it is uh, for those of you that have not listened to the Viv Conway Girls Get Off episode, it's quite similar to yeah. some of the products that she 
sales. In fact, when you first posted it, all of us were like, hmm. Oh, yeah. And I was so excited. Has Emma got a, Emma got a vibrator in the changing yeah, room? Like, what is she doing? Shocker because I was saying things <laughs> like, oh, girls, you can't believe it. I found something that's so amazing. <laughs> and then I was like, that's <laughs> <laughs> including my mother-in-law thought it was a fan everyone yes. thought it was vibrator so yeah, I have yeah. to say though it's a great conversation starter it is a yeah. great conversation starter yeah. and I I'll be honest my favorite dress which is from um a label called never fully dressed is is polyester and I get compliments all the time but I just went I'm buying this for winter yeah so I went it's just not going to be a dress that I'm going to wear in 35 degree heat it's yeah. definitely a winter dress so I bought it knowing that I would layer it with a jacket or so like it's just but before we get into that stuff um you have a belief in naming your style and I want you to tell everybody what your style is. I love my style story. It's called I Am Maximalist Chic with a Hint of Head Liberian on Acid. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's break it down. Break it down. Yeah. yeah. So the reason I love that is because right from the get-go it says maximalist. I'm a maximalist yeah. in my interiors and I'm a maximalist in my dressing. And in fact, that's one thing I often suggest to people, look around you. What have you got in your home? Are you bringing that through? into your style because that's often one of the things that doesn't connect but people have light bulb moments where they think hang on that's something I could adopt I'm really attracted to that color I could actually bring that into my clothing um so I'm a maximalist I I do what it says on the tin you know I've got three earrings and this uh, three um piercings in this ear I've got a cast me too oh my gosh like I didn't even realize there was like more than one pair of earrings that's crazy yeah I've got you know I mean I've got big hair, um, I've got, you know, a loud um, outfit on, I've got uh, great nails. So that's my maximalist. The chic part really is the part where I actually really love tailoring and mm. I love some conser- more conservative pieces in that it would be potentially if I wear black or if I really love a suit. And yes. then comes in um, the head Liberian on acid. When I had long hair, I used to wear headbands religiously. Mm. I really loved the crown. And um, after a recent battle with breast cancer, I started to wear turbans. And they really made me feel fantastic. And so when I lost my hair, the fact that when it grew back, I could go higher. I said to my hairdresser yesterday, the higher you can go with a squiff, the better for me. Um, and so the um, head Liberian really came in when I had long hair, but also a little ode to that more conservative part of me mm. or the prairie dresses that I like, the kind yes. of old style, past oh, sleeve, um, long maxi dresses. So that's still very part, part, uh, much uh, part of my style. And then there's the on acid. That's that crazy bit of me that loves neon colours and um, stuff just quite quirky. It means that I style myself a little bit differently. You know, if it's shirt and a pair of um, jeans, it's going to be perhaps with a crazy Converse sneaker or a trainer or a pair of metallic pink cowboy boots. So it all meshes up for me. But what it really does is hones my style. Mm. So that I'm not buying things that don't belong in one of those categories. Yeah. And the reason I created Style Story is because I never believed that someone is just one thing. Yeah. You're a whole story. Yeah, definitely. And I want people to bring that wholeness to um, to the table. Yeah. 
Because do you think that that style that you had is one that you've always had through your life? Or do you think that there are stages and times where we go back or looking back at childhood, do you go, I'm actually reliving some of the joy I had when I was a four-year-old or an eight-year-old choosing my clothes or creating outfits with the stuff that I, I had? Great question. Great question. Because of that. It's, yeah. When I look back, there's this uh, very old photo from the 80s. I grew up in Christchurch and we used to have a babysitter that had her mum used to have an amazing um, wardrobe and so did my mum. And she was my babysitter, but they were all family friends. So we used to, well, she used to dress me up a lot mm. and I would love it because it was, you know, attention um, from an older person who I thought was fabulous. And it was that. It's my love of play and dressing up. I definitely think I became a bit of a sheep in my uh, late teens. I tried to be a goth. I was a hippie. So did I. <laughs> you Me know, too. I, <laughs> I was a hippie for a very long time. Um, and then in my 20s and 30s, I think, practicality, I went to London, explored my style. I wore a lot of dresses over jeans in London. Um, but I felt I bought my first suit. I remember mm-hmm. so well, and that really chic tailoring has really stuck with me. And then when I became a mum, I, I lost myself, you know, for a few mm-hmm. years where it was just practical. You know, there was no such thing as wearing dainty oh, earrings. And long hair styled can't do with you kids because I'm pulling it. And yeah. so I would wear my hair up in a bun, you know, put very practical clothes on. I wore a lot of black. Um, and really it was hitting my stride in my 40s. So I think I've always had it in me, and I've always been um, aware of my mum, who's an incredible, stylish woman. Mm-hmm. She's always put really interesting outfits together, and that's what I love, is mm-hmm. what looks interesting, what can make this different from the norm. And I've always shied away in recent years from just being um, the norm. I want to look a little bit quirky or a little bit off-centre and I want to have more joy I want literally for my clothes to bring me more joy so a question about that Mm. because I think with stylists um, often stylists have their particular style Mm. do you work with people who tend to have a similar style or do you work with people who have very different styles to you do you you know what I'm trying to say is that is it is your style do you feel like you can own your style and not feel like it's something that someone else has to have very much so and I am very I hope I mean you tell me but I hope I'm clear that people don't have to follow my style Uh, yeah I think you are I'm the extreme and I know I'm the extreme but I also feel (laughs) like as part of my brand that's okay and that's what people can expect of me they know I'm going to push the boundaries a little what I'm saying is it's okay to explore. It's okay to have fun. Mm. Why don't you try this? You know, it's even to the point of, look, I've got some gold in an earring with silver. (laughs) Even (laughs) is okay. And I'm really against style rules. Mm. I I, I think there's ways that you can dress that can really enhance what you're trying to do, whether it's, you know, you're trying to um, make yourself look taller or leaner or, but one of my favourite things to say to people is it's not our job as women to look smaller in every single outfit that we wear. I like that too. You know, the, the job of our job, I think, should be to create joy for ourselves, for others. It's a great conversation starter to have an interesting outfit on. And it also, also shows people um, a little bit of who you are before you mm. open your mouth to speak. 
And so it's a little bit of a calling card uh, as well. So I attract people that have a little bit of maximalist tendency, but I also attract people who just need or want to have a style or a capsule wardrobe. They don't want to think about shopping. I have many clients that don't go shopping without me. Um, They rely on me to guide them. And that might be that they are really minimalist and just like a jean and a shirt, a jumper and muted tones. And that's totally okay because I'm a professional and I can guide them on that. It's yeah. not about at all anyone adopting my style. Um, but I can Which I really like. More fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, and I think that's the same with me. Like if I look at, I really liked that because I sometimes used to worry when I was doing some of my way out marketing stuff of, you know, dressing in a costume or I've been yeah. doing this PowerPoint presentation once. Today's one's about quackers. Um, you know, and I used to freak out because I'd be like, oh, people will look at that and go, oh, if I work with her, she's going to get me to do that. Yes. But literally maybe one in a hundred of my clients are at the stage or in the space where I would do that. Yep. And everyone else is at a different stage of journey. Mm. And I'm just doing the way I do things because that's my style. And I think we do as business owners have to be brave to show our style without thinking, oh, is this going to impact someone who's not the same as me? They'll still come and work with us. They will absolutely come and work with you because you're showing the confidence that they would perhaps like to adopt. Yeah, it's the confidence. It is, and it's you're an expert in your field. Yes. And I don't think anyone would want to come to me if I didn't pay attention to what I would wear and show people. And I repeat wear a lot. I'm Mm. really conscious of the fact that I really love my wardrobe and I've worn this multiple times in the last few weeks and I will talk on stories and people will see it and say, where's it from? And I'll go, it's the same one as last week. But, <laughs> um, I think it's really important to know, to see, you know, repeat wears, to see people enjoying their wardrobe mm. and to show them that I'm an expert in my field, I know what I'm doing and I'd love to help you adopt that same feeling. For me, it's about the inside out rather than the outside in. I think clothes will and have in my life acted as a massive piece of armour for me. Um, But generally speaking, I'm using them to uh, show the external um, of what I feel inside. So one of the things around that repeat wear, which I think is really important, is from a branding perspective, it's actually advantageous for us to be wearing clothes a lot in our marketing that are the same, yeah? I I, I think so. I think people can um, also see that I'm not frivolous. And, you know, going into these economic times, you can't necessarily, I think we've got to be really conscious of what we're portraying on social media, that I'm out shopping and um, everything's great in the world. You know, I've come off the back of um, a year of not working much and I am very conscious of what I'm spending these days. I'm buying well, I'm buying to last. Um, And I go through gluts. I go through things. When I was on chemotherapy, for instance, I flopped a lot. Yeah, I've seen some of your on acid trip. <laughs> the exciting thing is, these are just getting their first wears out yes, in the public now, and I've it's got nice. this amazing wardrobe that I haven't worn yet. So that's that's an exciting thing. But I think it's really important to show, from a styling point of view, that you don't need a lot to feel good about your wardrobe. Mm. You don't necessarily need as many clothes as me. I think my clothes and my wardrobes would freak people out. 
but if I can mm. help you condense, look, you need a good pair of trousers, a great jean, or another pair of pants that aren't jeans, um, you know, a shirt. I, I really honestly believe a shirt, a cotton shirt for a midlife woman is a fantastic staple to have in your wardrobe. Um, and start bringing in your personality through other things. So, yeah, it's really important, I think, to um, represent, repeat wears, show what's normal, not mm. what's – there's a little aspiration, sure, but I think it's really important for, for my brand anyway and for who I am. Um, you know, my business name, Sisterhood of Style, it's all about showing what's achievable, what's mm. doable, um, even if I'm a maximalist and, you know, my clients are minimalist. Do you have, like, so what we see you wear in your videos and things like that, is it the same as what you would wear during the weekend or do you have a different look during the weekend? No. Okay. <laughs> and in fact, I was just going to do a post on what to wear on the side of a football field. Because I turned, Did you up, pink boots? I turned up to my son's, well, see, my gumboots are black and they're the biggest disappointment to me. I bought them about five years ago um, and it was when the short gumboots weren't mm. really a thing. And now they're everywhere and they come in all sorts of colours. So I know, I want to get some. I know. They're no. really cool because they're like, kind of like those old blunnies, mm. eh? Like with the, yes. And there's green ones and hot pink oh. ones. I know. I'm going to buy a pair. I'm sorry, Emma. But I'm going to buy a pair. I've just yeah. decided. Look, I think I will too because I ended up wearing um, last week my trainers. I have a bright hot pink boiler suit that is nice. now what I wear Perfect. on the weekends. It's kind of my idea of a tracksuit. I also have a pink tracksuit. Um, and so I've got I've got all of the things we wear, but I look like a traffic cone when I do it. And I have a quilted <laughs> jacket <laughs> that is yep. neon yellow, leopard perfect. Um, and one of the mums said, well, we're not going to miss you on the sideline. And I said, nope, you're definitely not. But again, it's my calling card. It's who I am. When people find out that I'm a personal stylist, you know, if we're having a conversation, it's not like I sit there and go, I'm a personal stylist. Um, <laughs> but um, I... You should put EJ Styling on the back of your padded well, jacket. I have had <laughs> Or Sisterhood of Style. I have had that thought that I'm going to bespoke some of my stuff because I love a little bit of that as well. I love that kind of personalization stuff. Um, so, yeah, what I wear on the weekends is what I wear. Um, I'm I love that. I'm a huge fan of not having two wardrobes. I'm a fan yeah. of embracing. So I'm not going to wear that boiler suit necessarily to meetings, but I'm definitely going to wear it on days that I'm doing online work. I'm definitely going to wear it for, um, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. So what I wear doesn't really differentiate. It's probably what I get into when I am relaxing, Um Again, similar stuff. It's a hot pink or bright pink, um, you know, uh, tracksuit. So, it, it, I love that. yeah, what what you see is what you get. And just a question around one of the things you said about leopard print. Now, you and I, like, I would love to love leopard print, and I don't know what it is about me, but I've bought some of it, and then I go, no, but you consider leopard print a neutral. I really do. Like you can, you do, you really do. And I have like, I, I've just, re I had to come. I, so sometimes we can love stuff, but it's still not our style. A hundred percent. And I think it's really important. I think sometimes someone isn't going to get over the connotation of something, you know. Uh, I'm married to a Westie. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's the point. You know, you've all, you've all 
Um, I think leopard print has somewhat, you know, got a correlation. It's moved from that, right? It's, but it's just moved into yeah. the world of fashion and being chic and, you know, uh, Shana Twain or Shana Twain, whatever her name is, you know, really maximalised on it um, in the 90s or early 2000s. But I've always loved it and Mm -hmm. I've loved it, you know, since I was in London. I actually found the first leopard print I think I must have worn, which was a pair of slippers in 1997. I love it. And I don't know what it is about it. I really, really love and, but I'm so against um, animal fur or anything like that. So yeah. When someone sees leopard skin, I got I get horrified. It's leopard yeah. print. Leopard print. Um, and I never ever, print. ever want to wear the real thing. But do you? So do you think that? Because I I thought about it. I was like, is it because I'm brunette? Like at the moment, I'm grey brunette. But do you think it is? Is it that, or am I just got a block? Like, is no, or is it just block. that it's not my style? It's not your style. Yeah, it's, it's not just not my style. style. And I, but I love flowers, and I know other people won't wear those because they think it looks like curtains. And I'm like, dude, these are great curtains yeah. that I'm wearing right now. That's, you know. your, that's your jam, right? And you, yeah, you I love flowers. It. Everything I've decided, everything pretty much is going to have flower. There's going to be a flower component somewhere. But look at it's the screen behind you. That's a floral. I know this you is know? me. Like everything I do is floral or yeah. flowers or that. And I went, that's my thing. I was watching. Um, I can't remember her name. She's a she's on TikTok. She's Madeline, I think her name is. She's this model, and she does like what she's wearing. And her thing is butterflies, right? You know, and she and I would be like, I would never wear butterflies. Like mm-hmm. there's just like a, you know, and I know other people who love birds or stripes. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's just if you've got it, you might have a print preference. You might want a plain print preference, or a, yeah, you know. I think having a print preference is really helpful also to navigate shops and to figure out what it is that you like so that you can identify things more quickly that your visual cues at a shop or online uh oh that's leopard print but I might look at you know something online or in a shop and go "Mm, leopard print go over to it closer not the colors I love not the leopard print I want and move away but it certainly honed me towards something to narrow down all of the stuff or if you're uh, secondhand shopping you know using that cue as your way to walk in because again secondhand shopping is often curated very differently to a normal store so you need to sort of have a I guess a focal point or a place to start and so looking for print that you enjoy or like and leopard print I think has become part of the um fashion culture as a neutral mm, and it, it is I agree with you I just I wish well you know but it yeah it does mean, it doesn't mean that everyone has to love it it just means yes for a maximalist like me it's a neutral but for a minimalist just a beige um you know skirt would be their neutral or a beige yeah. and pair of shoes whereas I'd probably go instead of a plain tan pair I'd use a leopard print shoe yeah and it's interesting because you know you go like that and then I go I'm going through a sequin phase at the moment like I'm just I've just started to decide I want to have sequins because I bought these really amazing boots and I was like I want to wear sequins with these boots but I'm going to wear them during the day it's not going to be a nighttime thing it's going to be a dress a a skirt or a top that I wear with a plane on the other side you know and and I was like huh I don't have a problem with leopard print I mean, I don't like people, but I'm quite happy to wear sequins, which other people might go, huh, weird wearing that during the day. So I think, like, we just have our own levels, don't we? 
We absolutely have our own levels, but I'm also very, very mindful of people not overcomplicating it. And yeah. you don't like leopard print, full stop. No. You, you so appreciate just... it, but you don't like it. And hmm. stop forcing yourself to yeah. think that you should. It's yeah. like a pair of jeans. So yes. many clients, so many clients, I cannot tell you. Um, oh, I need a new pair of jeans. What do you need them for? Oh, just every day. Well, could you wear a pair of cargo pants? Could you wear a pair of softer pants why do you need jeans oh because that's what everyone wears and when you do when I dig a little deeper there's often something really really negative associated with a pair of jeans uh for instance a client's husband once said to her you look like the back end of a bus in jeans oh great horrific he is now fantastic yeah I can imagine I can imagine she hadn't worn a pair of jeans in 25 years Mm. and then I was able to show her um, and get her into a, a pair of jeans and she looked sensational. Um, so I, my belief is that you um, shouldn't force yourself or make things too hard. If you don't like something, don't wear it. I like, I very much, because also you, if we go back to confidence, if you are wearing something because you feel you should, or you're wearing something because even if it looks amazing, but it's uncomfortable to breathe or move, you're not going to be presenting yourself as confident. No, because you're going to constantly be shifting yes. and moving. I see so much sort of um, yeah. trying to make things work and, you know, boobs, stomachs, butts all uh, get in our way sometimes. And I think that the shifting means that you're possibly not that comfortable. I think it's mm. really about even finding your own uniform. And I say that with a sort of with parentheses because I think it means finding things that you feel confident in, that you feel joyful in, not saving things for good, wearing those things I love that, that mean something to you daily, particularly on a Monday, particularly on a Tuesday when we're kind of feeling meh, you know, beginning of the week, it might be a little harder. It's about having a wardrobe that's great every day, not just, you know, one day a week. But also the social media um, landscape, I guess, shows us with people getting calls of, mm. you know, lots and lots and lots of those showing it on. It can be overwhelming. And I'm a professional and I can see through it, but I'm thinking, gosh, people must think that they have to wear a certain look and all be very um, conforming, you know, conforming. And so my hope is that I can help people break out of that a little and go, let's buy for your style, not what's on trend. I love that. Bring in the trends if they suit your style story, Mm. not the other way around. So I actually wear, no, Helen can see us because they're listening to it, but I wore my little denim jacket actually as a reason to talk about this with you because I bought this as I was like, um, I was losing, you know, lost a lot of weight last year and I was buying it. And what's been really interesting is I was wearing it a lot during that process because I was just relieved that I looked like every, I was getting to look like everyone else and putting little quote marks up. I wanted to feel, I went through this phase where I just wanted to feel like I was, that if I walked into a room, I would be anonymous Mm. because I was finally not a size that I was so noticeable when I was a lot bigger I was wearing a lot more brighter clothes and stuff like that and I went through this phase where I was like I actually wanted I loved the feeling of being anonymous and wearing a short the denim jacket with the neutrals and the black and the and then in the last 
maybe the last couple of months, I've that's when I've discovered that that no, actually it is the brights and the flowers. It wasn't because I was bigger oh. that I had to wear it. It was actually me. Yeah. And yeah. and so I wear this sometimes, but now it's just generally because I need a layer over my thing. But when I'm traveling, I don't take it because I don't want to be another person wearing a denim jacket mm-hmm. in an airport. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I don't want to be anonymous anymore. Yeah. I think, I mean, I often recommend a denim jacket as a style staple. That's a great staple, right? Like it's amazing. It's, it's so great, great just to add on, you know. I will possibly wear my studded denim jacket over this today to get out. Okay, so that's a cooler one. And I bought an amazing <laughs> one on Trade Me that's a goat skin, which is terrible. I know that it's really bad, but it was secondhand, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It's goat skin, but it's a, it's a goat skin and it's like a beigey color. And so it's so different to this. Right. But it's the same function. And so it's like going, actually, it's the style it's having that crop jacket with something and it doesn't have to be the denim jacket and kind of finding that difference yeah or like you puffer jacket yeah or puffer jacket mine's aqua yeah and I was traveling last week a couple weeks ago and every shop I went into they went damn where'd you get that puffer jacket because they're like all we see is black and I'm like I've reached it you know like that's to me that's that style difference yeah I think it's yeah. exploring what you like, taking a little time. I used an analogy with a client the other day that her discovering her style and what she likes, yeah. not what everyone else likes, yes. which is so often the reason why so women get into a rush because they've realized that actually they're quite powerful in themselves, mm. but they're realizing their style doesn't um, represent that. And so yeah. I think there's this kind of push suddenly of finding what it is that they want in life and part of that is actually having a style that works for who they are personal brand you know in business or themselves but also um, having the courage to go actually I like that and I'm going to bring something in that's different and it's a really powerful tool that we can it is yeah incredibly powerful particularly in midlife women who you know, the media starts dropping us off and, you know, we don't see many representatives of ourselves uh, in media or on television unless we're a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. And I think having clothes um, represent who we are is a really powerful tool that we can help ourselves with. So what are things that, in relation to that, that I found, I know lots of people found inspiration in it, inspiration, which isn't why you did it, but you know, you mentioned before about your cancer diagnosis, Mm. you made a choice to then continue to show up during that time. And I imagine that you probably went through a little bit of a crisis of how do I present myself? Um, You might not have, Mm. um, as your body felt, you kind of almost felt like your body was like attacking your ability to manage all that sort of stuff. What did it do something to your confidence levels when you were going through chemo and going through that process? I think being given the diagnosis of cancer, shook my foundation it completely blew my life apart it stopped me in my tracks I literally never came out of that 2021 lockdown because Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed on the 24th of November uh, 2021 and I was just about to start that very next day seeing clients in person again we were allowed to and so that all blew that apart and my mm. took a huge nosedive because I went into um, crisis mode and in crisis mode, I'm a control freak. I, so am I, apparently. I discovered that about myself. <laughs> everyone, 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 um, because I thought if I could just do that, then that will be the first thing. Everyone will know that my family will be protected. They will get looked after and I don't have to worry. 
And sure enough, my incredible friends and family um, banded together, got meal trains done. I had surgery quite quickly. Um, Then the real work started because at the start of uh, cancer, I didn't believe I needed chemo and we didn't think we were um, needing that. A mastectomy had always been on the cards at a later date, but they needed to get the tumour out as quickly as possible. That turned out to be a little bit more vicious than they thought. Chemotherapy came quite quickly um, early in 2022, mm-hmm. and that floored me. You know, I mean, I had the experience. I lost my hair, and my hair was this mane of, you know, well, it was sort of a, a bronze at that stage with mm-hmm. a lot of regrowth after um, lockdowns. And so that really threw me. Um, but it was that beginning month and a half where I just went into myself. I told everyone, and then I shut down. Yeah. And I didn't really say anything online. And then I had my surgery about three weeks later. And I thought, what am I standing for if I don't talk about this? Because this affects one in nine women. This yeah. was only found through a mammogram. I have to talk about this. I've talked very openly about my menopause journey. Uh, mm-hmm. And I felt that, I'm not going to say it was a calling, but it was like. No, it, but it's, when you're put in that position, it's kind of like a, I've got a platform that I can use. It's, it's like a, yeah, it's a gift. Yeah, it is a gift. And I'm, I'm an extrovert, so I have no problem yeah. um, talking. What also doubled down on the fact is I wasn't seeing anyone. No one. Yeah. So I'm no, gonna... so you wouldn't have to. But I just want to say, by the way, when I said that it's a gift, I don't mean that the cancer was a gift. No, I mean I that it's it. a gift to have a platform. I just want to say to anyone that said, whoa, Rachel thinks it was a gift to have cancer. I do Thank not think you. that. I just want to check that I want to clarify no, that. I, really I don't believe that. I don't believe everything happens for a reason. I no. think really shitty things happen and we just make the best of them. That is my Thank personal you. belief. Thank you very yeah. much for saying that because I've had that said yeah. to me that cancer was a gift. And I, oh, I, God, I, it's I, not. It's not. Okay, I'm going to say it's fucking not it's a gift. It's really fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, but we make the most. It's like I never wanted an abusive marriage, but I built something from learning about that. You experienced it. Yeah. You didn't the, ask for it. You didn't yeah. want it. But it wasn't a gift. It was never a gift. Yeah. It was I was a sort of those people who say that. Of tragic yeah. and tra- tragedy and yes. trauma. Are incredible. Can, uh, can be incredible. But I would yes. I would have traded those in for not ever Absolutely. Having and Absolutely. Body shape yeah. completely changing. Exactly. A breast amputated and yeah. you know, all right. of that. All that stuff. But yeah. what I really felt comfortable about sharing was Checking your boobs, checking your bits, yeah. getting your mammograms, and there was there is still a horrific backlog in the public system, um, and of women getting mammograms. And so, I want people, women, partners, to know that self checks are also equally as important. Mm. Um, and so, I felt very comfortable once I had gotten over the shock to start sharing, because as I said, one in nine women are diagnosed and every day and. I was the first of um, my close-knit friends, but suddenly all around me, my other girlfriends were telling me that their extended friendship groups mm. were, you know, women were finding this, particularly, I think, after the lockdowns. Yeah. Or the lockdown in Auckland, particularly. And so I, yeah, went ahead and started sharing my little heart out. Um it was friendship for me. It was connection. I wasn't seeing any of my friends. The only people I was seeing was my husband, my two boys, uh, and my mum sometimes. But mm. with chemo, I had to be locked down. I had you to do. every can't risk. Yeah. Can not risk it. And in my head, I had really built up this thing that I had to be done with cancer in 2022. 
it has not worked out that way. <laughs> but no. but um, I, I am cancer free, so that is amazing. That did what it said on the tin. Yeah. did it in 2022. But you know, I've got subsequent procedures, operations, and I take meds for the next 10 years. Um, so the story goes on, and that's what I also want to say is that and share with people on my platforms is that how to be a good friend to people going through cancer, what you can wear to bring yourself more joy because it's mm, so important. Dopamine dressing, Dopamine so good. dressing got me through. It certainly got me through going to chemo every, um, you know, every three weeks. I loved your outfits for chemo because oh, I, I had a friend, she's, um, she, she had a, 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 a uh, uh, she didn't have breast cancer she had um, brain cancer and a few other things and yeah. she did actually die about six years ago but I in the last year of her life I was taking her to her chemo mm. times and we were both dopamine dressed and I just really loved it mm. I loved that we did that we t- and then we'd go and have lunch together and we'd do this thing and I feel like it's such it's such a special space that space where you're getting chemo like the the, the people there are special but it's also oh. quite but the place itself can, it's not special. Like it, that's not very nice, you know? And I think going in with a joyful spirit, like we used to just lift everyone else around us as well, you know? And that's what it was doing. I think it was, yeah. um, it was so special for me because it connected me with the nurses and I, I'm very nervous of needles. I'm not anymore. Uh, and so I was able to talk about what I was wearing. My head scarves yeah. and the turbans were, um, you know, something of, uh, something to discuss. It, it helped me to talk online. This is what I'm wearing today. What are you wearing today? And lift spirits show other cancer patients that they could have the courage and that they could, you know, don a bright scarf or, again, you know, um, uh, something to wear to their own appointments. Mm. And Look, I don't even care if it was all fake it till you make it because it got me through. And it also, I think, helped lift my spirits in general. Quite often when I was low, I would put on a good outfit that made me feel more confident. And I said at the beginning, I've used it. Yeah. And during cancer, my clothes were my armor to give me strength. And I think you can do that for your business. Like that's the thing with the clothes. If they're the right clothes, even if the day is shitty, the clothes give you an armor Huge. to give you the strength to get pushed past. Huge. That's the thing, right? There's no reason that you can't wear your slippers if you work at home. But no. my gosh, I'm wearing my cowboy boots and I feel dead right to go and have a podcast interview today. Exactly. Yeah. I love your cowboy boots, by the way. Oh, now, yeah. um, you are turning 50 this year or next year? Next year. Next year. Yeah. Next year. Um, I'm turning 52 in August. So I'm, I, I've been there. I know. Been and mine there. was in lockdown, which really sucks because we were going to get a Fiji for oh, my birthday. We couldn't do it. But you have a list of 50, like you asked and got a big list and you're going to do 50 before 50, but you've created something for everyone that's listening to this as well, that they can download your ideas of all the things you could do, right? Yes. It's easy. It's yeah. free. It's made by the sisterhood. Um, lots of great walks on it, but there's stuff as cute as, you know, making something your grandmother used to make, um, oh, you know, yeah. do some DIY, flip a piece of furniture, um, you know, do a hot lap at Hampton Downs, uh, go on the diggers uh, that you can in Invercargill. Um, oh, I'm making that one down. I know. It's really cool. Later. It's a really cool list of things that I had never considered or that I thought I couldn't do. Um, I love that. I love it, yeah. So if you go on my website, you can download it for free. 
I think that's amazing. And if people want to work with you, mm. EJ, how would they do that? Where do they go? They can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Sisterhood of Style NZ. And you can find me on my website, www.sisterhoodofstyle.com. And there's lots of ways people can work with me online or in person. Absolutely amazing. It's been such a pleasure having you on. And you. I'm really glad that you've released me from having to wear leopard print, yeah. even though I admire it in everybody else. <laughs> I think that's the thing. You can sometimes admire something in someone else that you don't. It's not yours. Oh, very you know? much so. And look, I love Diane Keaton's look. Yeah, it's very I love her look too. It's I can't do it. But I can't do it. And yeah. it's monochrome and it's a hat. But I love the idea of what she's doing. So I have a play kind of with my twist on it. Yeah. yeah, appreciate people for what they're wearing because they're wearing a great outfit. You know, tell people too. Mm. I think that's a really key message is tell people, wow, I love your outfit. That is awesome. That's so interesting. I absolutely love that too. And I, I will just tell you that um, I ran an event two days ago and I get feedback forms and two people said to me, I knew I wanted to work with you the moment I walked in the door and saw your outfit. Uh, so that says, right? That says so much. Yeah. Plus I had five people also say on their thing, can you tell me where you got your dress from? Brilliant. So, you know, you don't want the dress to shine more than you, but it definitely helps open doors if you're wearing the thing that you feel good in. I don't want it to overpower you, but you wouldn't wear something that would overpower you because you would know instantly you would feel like a fraud. Yeah. If I wear frilly stuff, that does it to me. Right. Yeah. So we or if you wore leopard print, right? But when I put certain things on, I know what I'm representing. I know yes. what I feel. Yes. And it oh, makes me feel bloody awesome, yeah. com- more confident than I feel. If I'm feeling a bit crap, I know that hot pink will completely re-energize me. And that's the, that's the spice of dopamine dressing, that it can re-energize you at the worst of times. I love it. AJ, this has been an immense pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, and you. Um, thank me. you for sharing your story too. I think it's so important that we all see that you can still push through and find that style even in those midst of times where we're facing big challenges really too. Can. So it's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed You're it. You're very welcome. <laughs> Talking to Emma was such a breath of fresh air. And if there's anything that we can learn from this week, it is this. Make sure we love the clothes we're in, that they respond and represent who we are and that we're not scared of showing that true self to the world. Take a look at your wardrobe this week and ask, are these clothes representing the person that I want to show to people about my business, about my life and who I am? And if they're not, make a change. And you don't have to wear anything that you don't love just because you think you should. I am totally a sneakers girl and don't wear heels, even though lots of people in my industry look far more immaculate than I am. So go out, dress, do the things you love and see how it impacts the way that you show up more in your business. Next week, it's me talking to you about how to be a business owner that is more both more reactive and proactive in their marketing and how to get those sales when things are looking a little bit dire. So be sure to tune in. Otherwise, have a great week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.